I'm Nick, and you're listening to the Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast. We're in conversation with ordinary blokes from all walks of life, working out what it means to follow Jesus. This podcast is a part of Empower, which is a ministry of the Elim Pentecostal movement, reaching and serving men all around the world. Our vision is that all men have the potential to join a great band of brothers in Christ. The easiest way for you to connect with Empower is via our business WhatsApp. Click the link in the message notes that come with this podcast and send us a message. You can join loads of other blokes already receiving our encouraging and helpful resource broadcasts every single week. We are online at empower.zone and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Just search Elam Empower. Join in the conversation and get yourselves connected. My very great pleasure today to welcome Pastor Mark Ryan to Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast. Pastor Mark, absolutely brilliant to get you uh, on the podcast. Oh, Would it's you great just to be here? Just take a minute to introduce yourself. Loads of people listening are going to know you already, but just tell us who you are, uh, a little bit about your family and stuff. Yeah, I became a Christian uh, in the mid 1970s and was led to the Lord by a uh, RE teacher. And so that was an interesting journey. We, Kathy and I, my wife is Kathy, we didn't grow up in uh, a Christian home at all, never went to church, only weddings and funerals. And so we came from a completely secular background and then came into faith through schools work. So that was our journey, really. Wow. So you came to faith through, a, through an RE teacher and then did he kind of invite you along to his church? How did that work? Yeah, actually, that is exactly what happened. The RE teacher actually was the pastor of a really small Pentecostal church and we went along uh, through him. And in those days, the RE lessons were, uh, it was called CSE RE at that time. I wasn't uh, counted worthy enough to do GCSE French because the uh, French teacher thought I was too naughty and too disruptive in class. So I was made to take RE and uh, we did CSE RE and through the curriculum, which was the Gospel of Luke, became interested in the Gospel and became a Christian through that. So that's a bit of an unusual journey really. That's kind of weird that you kind of got made to do something and then it ended up being something that you you then, you know, came to Christ through. That's just a, great. Yeah. yeah. So it was absolutely was that. And when you look back on it, you think, wow, that was the hand of God, you know. And when did you feel like you uh, you joined this little church, you became a Christian? When did you start to feel like you were perhaps being called into ministry? How did that all unfold? Oh. On the onset, it's quite a boring call to ministry, but then a strange thing because I felt called to the ministry through filling out a survey. And the minister at the time handed out a survey to our very small congregation. There's only about 30 of us at the most. And the questions were, do you feel called to full-time service? In those days, uh, you know, we we tend to think now everybody's uh, job is a ministry. But in those days, it was more you were in the ministry or you were in secular work. And, you know, we've kind of modified that a bit now. But um, when I came to that question, question seven, 
uh, and I think the four, first four questions were name, address, telephone number and all that <laughs> stuff. So yeah. it wasn't far into the survey. It said, do you feel called to Christian service? Yes or no? And I didn't know. So I was going to put no. And as I held my hand over the box that said no, my hand began to shake and tremble. And I didn't know what was going on. And then when I held my pen over the yes box, it was completely calm. So I took my hand back to put it over the no box and my hand shook and I couldn't put the pen down. And then when I put it over to the yes, I could tick that box. And I did that about three times. And so I concluded, oh, I must be called to Christian service. So I ticked the Christian service box. And that was... wow. That my really I never knew strange that. beginning of my calling. Well, so you felt like kind of almost compelled to tick the yes box and almost prevented from yeah. ticking the no oh, box. That's exactly what happened. It was like wow. I couldn't tick no. My hand was violently shaking. And then when I took it over to the yes box, my hand was completely peaceful and still. And I thought, oh, I, I, I guess I must be called. And wow. began from there, began to... Ex- work out that strange experience well so it had a kind of combination of of maybe just you know something routine like filling in a form but then also something really quite profoundly supernatural as well yeah yeah well that's amazing and then from there i went to bible college and uh processed that calling out from there yeah sure and you you've kind of gone on you've led different churches haven't you you've led a, a kind of church in a military base you've led a church in letchworth and and you're now, you know, senior minister at Birmingham City Church. If you were looking back on all the different steps you've gone through, what is it that's kind of encouraged you to take the, the next step each time? Um, how, how has the Lord led you in some of those big decisions to perhaps keep stepping up and keep moving forward in the Lord? How does he do that with you? Um, I think a couple of things. Um, going back in my story, I think my my father died when I was... Uh, eight years old and since coming to faith I've always felt that God has given me good blokes around me and I know this is a busy blokes podcast and I think people shouldn't underestimate the influence that they can have on younger men and I've had strong and good role models who've helped me and, and through that I think I've always felt the fatherhood of God that is on my side and that he's cheering for me and that I've always felt his pleasure uh, through, through mentors, but also uh, personally, just always felt that God is just saying, come on, you can do this. And then on the other side, I've always felt that disobeying God was never worth the risk. I, I just feel like that God is so holy, so strong, so powerful that I never really would want to risk getting on his wrong side. And I know that we live in grace and I'm not saying God's harsh in any way, but this combination of fatherhood and reverence mm-hmm. drives me on to say, well, I just want to do what you want because I know you're totally for me. But also, I don't want to find out if you're ever against me. 
and I don't want to in any way say anything about fear or something unhealthy, but it's the reverence for God. Those are really helpful things to hear because I think so many blokes have a uh, you know, a dysfunctional relationship with their dad or that, you know, their dad's, that, that relationship with their dad, yes, it had lots of love, but it also had lots of angles to it that didn't help them. And what you're kind of saying is that if you get a good sense of who God is as father, uh, that that can really help you and take you forward and, and heal some of that, you know, through loss or through difficulty or whatever with, with your own dad. Absolutely. Because my dad was, well, he went to build a railway in Africa when I was about four and came back when I was seven and then died when I was eight. So my dad was this absent hero. Have you um, come across any resources that could perhaps help guide blokes to uh, something that can help them heal in their father heart journey? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't planning to ask you that particularly, but it just occurred to me, yeah. you know. I mean, I think uh, the John Eldridge stuff, Wild at Heart, Way of the Wild Heart, I mean, it becomes a bit samey, I think, sometimes, but it's really decent and good stuff, you know. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, that, that was helpful. But I think it's important that you discover it for yourself as well. These mm-hmm. are deep things that you can read in a book, but you have to get it inside your own soul as well. One of the things I'm really looking forward to in the new year, uh, Mark, is that you've been creating for us as a church a devotional series on the book of Nehemiah which is called Rebuild and uh, I'm really fascinated with some of the insights you've already been bringing to some of our meetings and so on can you just talk us through some of the little snippets maybe that maybe that you can share ahead of time of what you've been finding in Nehemiah yeah definitely I mean the whole idea of Nehemiah is it's more than just building a wall it's reconstructing themselves as a society as a worshipping community and so the whole idea of the devotion on rebuild is kind of parallel to what we need to do in the new year i think it's not that the church is devastated or that we're wrecked in fact it's progressed in some ways we might not have even thought of but that the church does need to rebuild itself as a gathered community as a connected community and so the idea of rebuild is how do we build back healthily some of the things that we might have lost or we need to rediscipline ourselves to do and a couple of the ideas that have come out is uh, number one that uh, people can't just often operate in their gifts uh, only but sometimes they have to operate to need I think you said it earlier that everybody can put a brick in the wall even if it's not their gift in, sure. in Nehemiah we see that goldsmiths and, and perfume makers help build the wall well that's not their normal gift but that was the need of the hour and I think rebuilding is about hey this is what's needed right now so let's work together to do it The other important thing that I've picked up is that the enemy's agenda is often more subtle and it's not the stated problem that's the problem, it's the issue behind the problem. Uh, For instance, in Nehemiah, uh, one of the the guys who, uh, Tobiah, who um, opposes Nehemiah, he's, he's kind of got a free room in the temple and the reason he's um, 
opposing building the wall is because he's going to lose his free room. And this is the thing, the idea that, that are like blokes to pick up is don't just think that sometimes when you're being opposed by the enemy that it's about the thing that presents itself. But always ask yourself, why is this happening? What, what could be behind this? And don't just react to the first thing you see. Take your time and let God bring to light some of the things that are behind the opposition. It sounds to me like there's an encouragement there for blokes to get wise about yeah. motivation. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, sometimes the motivation that we see is not as pure as we want it to be. Uh, and, but also can sometimes be pretty, pretty basic when it's uncovered. You just think, oh, it's a financial thing or it's a land thing or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Be reflective, not reactive. That's my advice to, to chaps who are just listening in, that, that you just reflect and say, okay, why is this happening? What's the real reason this is going on? What's the real reason in my heart? We've all been that we we get honked at by somebody in the in a car. Well, actually, it's not us they're mad at. They're mad at the 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 person they've been with previously, and they're just taking it out on us. See the reasons behind the reasons. Sometimes be reflective. That's one of the big lessons of Nehemiah. There's more going on than you realise. I think another thing that's really apparent in Nehemiah is uh, he's. As a person, he's really good at avoiding distractions. Yeah. You know, he kind of keeps his focus on the on the game, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's really good at that. He doesn't let himself get drawn into needless debates and stuff. And, and I find that very appealing and encouraging. Oh, yeah, that's a tremendous thought. Nehemiah 6.3, I am not coming down off this wall. I am carrying on a great project. And of course, this I am not coming down is a kind of mirror the, the people standing around the cross said to Jesus, come down, save yourself. And he didn't. He stayed on purpose. Mm. He stayed on what his purpose was to save us. And so it's really important as as blokes, as, as chaps, that we say, no, this is what I'm called to. I'm staying on message and I'm doing it. That's great. Uh, great insight. I'm really looking forward to that. And um, uh, also, you've... Uh, had the opportunity to write a book during 2020 and uh, I wanted to ask you about that um, it's uh, called uh, Pastor's Soul Care yeah. um, and uh, I've got a copy of it here and uh, just just tell me a little bit about the heart behind Pastor's Soul Care uh, it's just a great thing to see you publish your book uh, talk us through why you decided to write it yeah I've initially and it is mainly for church leaders although it, it can be used for business leaders or or people who are leaders of or managers or uh, actually there's some good things in just for every bloke who might carry responsibility so even though it's called the pastor's soul care it, it was written for pastors but there is enough in there for people who might be listening and think oh uh, I wonder what that's about it's not just for pastors in fact we're all pastors of our families aren't we in some way but the heart behind it was is I saw and had lots of phone calls and then began to notice the pressure that church leaders were under during the pandemic and the absolute tsunami of information coming to them and and people trying to guess what the church would be like afterwards and all the different pressures they were under and basically I felt like the pressure on leaders was growing and growing 
that I wanted to almost just write a little clear basics thing about, hey, make sure these things are in order and leave the rest to sort itself out. So I would say that the soul care book is not the last word on how to keep the pastor's soul intact, but it's a timely word. I don't say everything, I just limit myself to a few key areas of making sure that pastors got clarity of thinking. I talk a little bit about make sure that you are you've got somebody to talk to. Make sure that you that you focus on your key relationships. Make sure that you've got a system for navigating conflict filter so you can focus. You know, I've, I've got things like working on your well-being. Make sure you have a good rhythm and make sure you get some exercise. Make sure you get some prophetic input, you know, and make sure that you, uh, you know, serve from what you're good at and don't try and do everything. So basically the book is just a, hey, everybody, let's take a step back and let's do the basics well. In fact, one of the points I make in the book is the way you navigate through a storm is go back to your basic skills and do them well. A bit like sailing, you know, you, you trim yeah. the sail, you, you do the right crew, you read the maps properly, and then actually that's how you sail. Well, how to pastor is to do what you know and do that really well, and that will take care of your soul. That was kind of the idea, really. So it's, a, it's kind of a back-to-basics books with hopefully a few fresh insights for pastors to look after themselves because my heart really was to just think, well, pastors out there are really going through it. Let's try and put a little bit of help and support and uh, refreshing around them. And uh, what's so uh, appealing and refreshing about the book as well is that you've asked a few of your mates to help as well. And they've written some bits and pieces in the back there. And what I like about this, and this is a great thing for blokes to, to pick up on, is get some help from your friends. You know, yeah. get them around you. Uh, whatever it is you do in life, uh, get some blokes around you who can help you and speak into into what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, in fact, that's yeah. the model. That's the model of the book. In fact, I make that point really strongly that the whole book is, you know, you, you sometimes think, oh, somebody's written a book, they just sit in a room as an author on their own, churning it out. But actually, this book comes out of relationship. And actually, that's the point I'm trying to make is, you can't do this on your own. So I thought, well, I'm not going to do this book on my own. That actually I asked my friends to contribute and their blog articles at the back of the book are really crisp and are well worth a read. Really good. And and they, blokes listening, you know, this is a great pattern for you to follow with anything that you're trying to attempt. You know, don't try and do it in isolation in your ivory tower because you will benefit from having the inputs. Just delighted to see you create this and, and put it out there. And uh, just tell us, uh, tell anyone listening how they can get hold of a copy, Mark, if that's all right. Yeah, uh, there's a website called pastorsoul.com and you can uh, buy it off that website. It's cheaper off that website than it is off Amazon. It is on Amazon. It's on Kindle on Amazon and it's, it, you know, you can buy it from Amazon. But pastorsoul.com you can buy it from there and there are free downloadables so that you can perhaps look at your time schedule you can do a, a map through conflict uh, there, there are lots of little resources on there as well 
Just changing tack slightly, is it possible for me to ask you a little bit about any Bible passages or characters in the Bible that are particular touchstones for you? Where would you go? I think I'd go to David as a model. In fact, um, this isn't a plug because the idea is really, really uh, not defined. Uh, But Saul, David and Absalom the interplay of those three lives fascinates me which eventually will become my next leadership book but David and his mighty men uh, from being kind of fugitives and then becoming the ruling people of the land and that whole journey that took David from being anointed and knowing that he was the king but then having the, having to have the patience to wait until the right moment see I think that's a really important lesson for men you can be in the right but you have to wait for the right moment to walk into mm-hmm. God's will David was anointed to be king as a boy but then had yeah. to wait to mm-hmm. become what God had called him to and, and waiting and knowing the right moment is a real key to manhood. In fact, that's one of the definitions of manhood, isn't it? Being able to wait on your desires, even the things that are from God. And yeah. that fascinates mm. me. David, how he built his team around him and having those mighty men, how he could still be securing him in himself and yet have really strong characters around him. Some people were actually better at him at one-on-one combat. You know, but he was still secure enough as a leader. And then the part in the scripture where it's in Chronicles 12, where it says that the men of Issachar uh, were men who knew the times and they knew what to do. And we often use that verse as people who are social uh, prognosticators that they know the times that they understand culture and they know what to do but actually in context what that verse means is is that they knew that David's leadership that it was his time and they knew to how to get around the right leader and Mm -hmm. actually more of the lesson is if you're a, a bloke and you've got a pastor or a leader who you know's got a good heart and you know it's their time one of the wisest things you can do is to give your full support to that person because that really unhinges the devil's kingdom and establishes God's kingdom and so uh, the men of Issachar knowing what to do well what they knew to do was get round the right leadership and follow it well that's great. Yeah, very good. I, I I very much share your your interest in in David and and Saul and Absalom, and uh, you know you you just talking there reminded me of the uh, well. I think David had at least two opportunities to uh, bump Saul off, uh, and as you say, he you know he didn't take them, uh, and he waited until it was God's time, even though he was the anointed. I think that's a great observation that you make. See, that's um, the thing. Andy Stanley makes the point in another great book um, that he's just written five key questions of making decisions and he makes that point in that book that um, something can be lawful to do something can be not wrong to do but is it the wise thing to do and Mm -hmm. David 
you know, he was well within the opportunity to bump Saul off, but it wasn't the right, it wasn't the wise thing to do. It wasn't the mature thing to do. It wasn't the thing he wanted to have in his story that, uh, oh, you know, I killed the king whilst he was relieving himself. That's that's not very heroic. And yeah. so mm-hmm. he, he he waited on the right time to become the king. And of course, and, uh, of course, the, the fruit of that decision was also that he then m- modelled to all of his followers uh, how to be treated, how he would want to be treated yeah. as king. You know, he yeah. didn't have to look over his shoulder in fear that he'd be bumped bumped off while he was on the toilet. You know, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. See, my my thing is, is that I think that Saul never conquered his insecurities. No, he didn't. No, you know? no. And that's one of the reasons why he didn't progress and that it's really important for us to get help and to conquer our insecurities just quickly following that tangent a little bit what what are some what's a, a way to start for a bloke who does feel a little insecure or kind of looks across and there's a little bit of envy there perhaps another bloke doing better than him how can you how can you start to overcome that because i think all blokes feel that a little bit don't they yeah, sometimes definitely you have to put a social structure in your life that secures you now, um, okay, the internal thing is find something in God. I've got this thing that when I, I don't know how long I pray, but I always pray and I don't stop until I've got more coming out than when I'm going in. In my soul care book, as well as getting something in God, which is really important for insecurity, um, but in my soul care book, I, I talk about having a having a structure around your life of Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy's somebody to look up to, somebody to journey life with, and somebody you're helping. And insecure people often don't help anybody, but when they help somebody, it often heals their insecurity. It's great to have a Barnabas who you can relax with and just talk out some of your insecurities and then it's great to have a Paul in your life or somebody you look up to uh, to say well they they actually inspire me so put the right people around you and then find something in God it's kind of a parallel thing do something private and do something social I mean that's just so so helpful for blokes Uh, it gives any blokes listening can have a starting point there to kind of tackle those insecurities because without those structures that you've suggested there I think it's very easy for blokes to be kind of particularly during a pandemic where there's a bit more isolation maybe to be kind of evaluating their lives and going well what am I all about you know how have I done and and I think that really helps to address that that's great really good and and we all are in trouble sometimes we're just drifting and I think you know put some structure around your life and you know going back to the Saul David and Absalom thing I see I think that Absalom was created almost by mm-hmm. being neglected by yeah. David mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so sometimes you know people say oh that person's got an Absalom spirit well there's a reason they've got that and mm-hmm. we can heal that if we treat people right and so I would just encourage uh, men out there to make sure you get the right relationships around you and also find something in God yourself 
It's interesting because Absalom kind of tries to create attention for himself, but does it in all the wrong ways, doesn't he? Um, and perhaps the most extreme example is setting fire to the fox's tails. But, you know, there's other things where he kind of sits at the gate and he wins the hearts of the men of Israel, doesn't he? He does lots of things in his life are about, hey, I need attention, you know, uh, but it's not from God. It's not from the right place. And, well, really, David, his father, should have addressed his... A great injustice of his life and that's a lesson to all of us that we have to address people's uh, grievances fairly and well and as we do that we can begin to heal them and maybe some people might be listening and they've got one of those things where their grievances have been ignored well begin to find healing for those things because if you don't deal with them we'll do you in or have the potential to do you in any unresolved Mm -hmm. trauma needs to be dealt with and that's one of the great lessons from absalom's life pastor mark that's just brilliant stuff thank you so much for those insights um uh, we have a tradition on the discipleship for busy blokes podcast we play a game and uh, i spin the wheel and it comes up with a couple of random categories so if you're up for that we'll uh, we'll try a couple of things is that all right you know how competitive i am normally anyway here we go Oh, here we go. Uh, so we've got an app. Are there any apps that you would particularly recommend to blokes listening or apps that you like using? Uh, what Three Words is a navigation app that, is, that has marked out a two metre square for every place on earth. So it gives you three words and those three words are the longitude and latitude of an exact location. So if my wife is lost in a city I can get her to look on her phone in what three words and I can find her exactly to the two meter square. I love what three words. And that's great. That, and that sounds way, way more accurate than a postcode as well. So oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. You can find your wife or uh, your friends outside of Marks and Spencer's doorway in any city by using what three words. It's an amazing app. I love it. I love Brilliant. maps anyway. The whole concept of navigation and maps is is a fascination of mine. And uh, I've been listening to the Times Radio uh, app as well, which is uh, a bit highbrow, but it's uh, an interesting app. To oh, to talk into. us through that, what's the Times Radio app? Is it yeah, just read articles from the Times to you kind of thing? Yeah, no, it's a radio uh, right. So it's internet radio, and they've got lots of different podcasts and interesting articles on there. So that's quite a interesting oh, nice thing. One. Quite typical. brilliant. Um, okay. I want to try and think of some sort of fun app. Um, well, uh, well, Twitter's my only other app, as you know, uh, <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm often on and off. Great stuff. Can we spin the wheel one more time and uh, come up with yeah, another category? Sure. Would that be great? That's brilliant. Uh, love that. So, what have we got this time? Aha, uh-huh. we have um, fitness or food or both. Uh, so uh, either what you can do fitness well, or you can do food or the continual can... tension. <laughs> <Fitness laughs> Indeed, or food. especially this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my uh, right now. I'm wanting to get back running, and uh, this is my thing about fitness. I've decided that if you take it seriously, you need the right equipment. So I'm not encouraging people to go out and spend loads, but your old trainers from Sainsbury's will not do. Uh, so if you, I'm not saying you should be branded, but I've just bought myself some new uh, running shoes 
and as you know I've had lots of Achilles problems but that's actually making it better and it's because I'd worn my other shoes out so my tip is if you're going to get fit take your equipment seriously very good any food things that you uh, would like to share um if you want to lose weight lose the snacks you can eat very good hearty yep. meals and that's fine it's the snacks uh, around the edges that will do you in so that's just a discipline that you have to give up snacks I'm going on a 10k tomorrow uh, and it's more out of guilt than anything but I thought <laughs> January the 1st I'm going to hit it straight away and nail that first Come on. 10k of the year yeah start as you mean to go on very good so uh, Mark it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and would you pray for the blokes yes. listening as we close yeah thank you Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the men who listen to this podcast and I pray the fatherhood of God on their lives, that they would know that you as Father are cheering them on. And Lord, we don't mean that in a uh, lots of weak men who need lots of affirmation way, but Lord, we mean it in a strong and powerful way that you are there as the God of angel armies as the father who is beside us with us for us leading us guiding us and so father we commit ourselves to your father heart love protection and blessing in jesus name amen amen